Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 497 for the 12th of Nissan in a regular year. So there's a story I heard quite a long time ago. I cannot confirm the veracity of the story, but it is a good and useful story nonetheless to illustrate a good point, where there was a shliach, a, a Chabad emissary, who would go around on Fridays, and I think this was in Florida, if I'm not mistaken, and he would go around on Fridays trying to get men to put on tefillin, who had not maybe put on tefillin that day. And so this is a common thing that a lot of Chabad people do. They go around finding men to do the mitzvah of tefillin. And so the man was doing this. He was actually walking along the boardwalk of the beach and he came across a man who looked Jewish to him. So he asked him, he said, hi, are you Jewish? And he said, yes. And he said, would you like to put on tefillin? And the man said to him, you know, I, I really can't. And the rabbi said, what do you mean you can't? And the man said to him, I can't because I, I don't want to be a hypocrite. And the rabbi said, please tell me more. What are you talking about? And the man said to him, he said, he said, I'm really, really not a religious Jew. He said, I don't keep Shabbos. I actually don't even keep kosher. I even go so far as to eat pork sometimes on Yom Kippur. I'm really not religious. So how could I put on tefillin? I, I, I feel like the biggest hypocrite in the world. Like this is not, it, it, it doesn't work, Rabbi. And then the rabbi said to him, he said, no, no, no. He said, you, you have it all backwards. He said, when you're putting on tefillin, you are actually being authentic to yourself. And when you are doing all those other things that you talked about before, you're actually being a hypocrite. That's that's the way it is. And the man thought about this a little bit and he decided that he would put on tefillin and he understood that the rabbi was probably correct and he put on the tefillin. So um, yeah, so what, what can we learn from the story and how is it going to be relevant to what we're going to be learning about today is that basically as Jews, we have our true self and the true self of every Jew is to serve God, is to worship God, is to love God, is to fear God. We have these things innately within us. This is our true nature. It's true. We go through life and we get, we fall astray. This is human nature. This is what happens. It's very natural. It's who we are. We've learned about this previously in Tanya that it's, it's almost inevitable. It's the other part of our nature, the animal part of ourselves is naturally inclined towards doing things that's against, that are against the will of God. Nevertheless, there is this idea that ultimately, sometime or another, we will all come back to tr to our true selves. This is the idea of tshuva. Tshuva it literally means return. It's often mistranslated to mean repentance. Eventually, all of us do end up returning to our true nature. And a really cool thing about tshuva, and we're going to talk about this a lot more in depth further on in Tanya, but that it basically 
involves time travel because what we can actually do with tshuva is that we don't just return to our true selves and then going forward, we become these like really holy, amazing Jews, but we actually have the ability through tshuva to go back and retroactively redeem past actions. So it's a really amazing thing. So in the context of what we're learning and what we've been learning and what we're going to learn about today, so today we are concluding chapter 39, and we've been discussing this whole idea of intention in serving God, specifically focusing on when we learn Torah and also when we pray, which are two big parts of serving God. And about we talked about how important how important intentionality is, whether the intentionality is coming from a more lofty intellectual space that leads to true emotional passion, or if it's just merely about somebody who taps into their innate love and fear of God, which will lead them to a more intellectual kind of like um, acceptance of the idea that they have to serve God and that they that this is the right thing to do, and and they they feel this sense on some level that that this is what they should be doing. So we talked about how if a person doesn't have any of these intentions at all and is merely just serving God by rote, or if they're serving God for ulterior motives also, then their service doesn't ascend. It doesn't fulfill its purpose. It doesn't actually get elevated to the place that it needs to get elevated in those higher realms that we talked about. So today we're going to talk about why this should not actually deter us. Like a person might conclude from this whole discussion that I might as well just not learn Torah at all. I might as well not daven, not pray, just like the man on the beach that was like, why should I put on tefillin? I'm, I'm a total hypocrite. This is this is silly. We might come to that same conclusion too because we might say to ourselves, I don't really, if I'm honest, I'm not having the best of intentions. Maybe I'm learning Torah because it's just something I do. You know, I pray every day because I I it's just like I've been taught to do that and I feel weird if I don't pray. Maybe it's even worse than that. Maybe I learned Torah because it's a really great intellectual exercise and I see how much smarter I am. And maybe people give me a lot of kavod when I learn Torah. Maybe people talk about how smart I am when I learn Torah. And that's really bad. That's like I'm not even just doing it in a neutral way. I'm actually doing it for my own self-aggrandizement. So uh, so this is so this is pretty bad. So, so maybe I should just refrain from even engaging in this stuff at all. And what we'll learn about today is this could not be further from the truth. And that there is this idea that I mentioned yesterday, the idea of that for the sake of not doing something, then for the sake of doing something for the wrong reason, like for not doing it for its own sake, it will lead you to do this for its own sake. So I actually have been watching this TV show that has become really popular that maybe some of you have heard about called The Good Place. And in The Good Place, it's 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 this it's a comedy and it's actually all centered around the idea of of uh the philosophy of ethics. So it's actually interesting. It's an interesting kind of show because while it is a comedy, they are actually trying to infuse some education into it and some morality and some concept of morality. And one of the things on the show that they actually came to their conclusion of based upon the different philosophical teachings that they were learning is this idea of that through 
um, through doing something for the wrong motivation, it can actually lead to the right motivation. So it's like there's a lot that happens in the show, but one of the big premises of the show is they're trying to figure out how to make people into better people. Is this possible? Or are people innately just the way they are and they never change? So if somebody's really like a very horrible person and very selfish and things like that, could you actually make them into a good person? And one of the things that they that they learn in the process of their journeys in the show is that they could actually change people into being better people. And sometimes it comes from the wrong motivation. So sometimes they could actually have people people like their motivation starts out being very selfish, which often it's because they, they want to get into what they call the good place, quote unquote, which is like their heaven. So it's like they're trying to earn points to get into heaven. So it's a, it's a very selfish motive that they have. So it's not like they're behaving good because it's altruistic or because they're really nice people. They're just doing it to earn points. But they find that through this habitual action of, of doing good things, even for the wrong reasons, it actually leads them to become better people and the the people become better in the course of the show. So it's it's really interesting and it really lines up with what we learn in Torah. And what we'll learn about in today's Tanya, and we'll get into the text in a second, is how this applies in terms of learning Torah uh, and and also praying for the wrong reasons. And how is it that we redeem these things? How how does this process of redemption of these actions happen after the fact? So here, we, so let, let's get into the text and then maybe we can talk about this more at the end. So here we go. So the altar says that, so remember yesterday we were really focusing on neutrality, on when people serve God for a more neutral space. So it's not necessarily for like selfish ulterior motives, but it's more just like out of rote, out of habit, that kind of thing. Now the altar Rebbe focuses on a person who truly serves God, not for God's sake, really truly not for God's sake, but rather it's for some type of ulterior motive. For example, for their own glory to be a Talmud Chacham, like to be a great Torah scholar or something like that. So what happens in that, in that case is, okay, so first of all, where is this negative motivation coming from? From. So if you've been following along in this map of Tanya so far, we know that the this negative motivation is coming from the klipa snoga. So so this from this husk, this this negative husk. And so this husk becomes vested in their Torah. So now the Torah is not pure anymore. Now this person's learning Torah, but they have this husk that gets invested in the Torah. And now the Torah becomes in a state of exile within this klipa. The klipa overpowers it and covers it up at that moment when and, and it stays like this until the moment when a person does tshuva, when a person does this return, this type of repentance that rectifies, that brings healing to the world in the person returning to God. So whenever a person engages in this process of returning to God, it brings healing to the world. And it also brings healing to this Torah, that this Torah, the person returns to God and the Torah that they studied returns with him. And this is why the sages taught that a person should always engage in Torah study, even if it's for ulterior motive. Because, again, that from the wrong intention will come to the right intention. For sure, the altar of says, this is, def- this is definitely going to happen. Because why? Because definitely at the end, he will do tshuva. The person will do tshuva, whether in this reincarnation or in another reincarnation. Every single Jew is going to ultimately do tshuva. And the Altarabah provides a citation for this to prove this point. This is from Shmuel Base 
chapter 14, verse 14, where it says, which means no one banished from him by his sins will remain banished. So everybody, everybody is ultimately going to return. There's nobody going to be left behind. Okay, so that's that's what happens if somebody serves God with a true ulterior motive, like for their glory or that kind of thing. Now the altar of focuses on somebody who is not, uh, who, who doesn't serve God like, Lolishma, like he doesn't have like an outright like negative ulterior motive when he serves God, but it's it's really more neutral. It's like he doesn't serve God for the wrong reason, but he also doesn't serve God for the right reason. He says for this type of person, they don't even have to do tshuva, but rather all they need to do is they need to go back and when they review what it is that they learned and they do it with the right intention, then even that which they learned some, like in a, in a more neutral way, actually gets attached and uh, latches on to this new learning and it flies up because it didn't have any vesting of klipas noga attached into it. Because so when a person is learning in a more neutral way, like they're just kind of like learning by rote because this is what they have to do. This is what they did their whole life, whatever it is. So it's not ideal, but it's not getting this klipa attached to it like it had with the with the learning, with the ulterior motive. And thus, all a person needs to go back, do is go back and and review what it is that they learned with the right intention. And then it all ascends, all of the learning ascends. And now once again, the altar ever brings this idea of that, of that this is why a person should learn without the right intention, which will lead them to learn out of the right intention and, and engage in Torah study with the right, Torah and mitzvahs for the right intention. And this is from, by the way, this is from the Gemara in Psachim, page 50b. And then the Altar Rebbe concludes and he says that we've been really focusing on the idea of Torah study here, but this is also the same idea about praying without kavana, without intention. So the same thing applies, that if a person prays without kavana, so let's say a person is rushing through their prayers. I know it's it happens. It definitely could happen. So you rush through your prayers. You don't know what you said. You don't know where you were or whatever. It's Don't worry. It's because all you need to do is the next time you pray, if you do have that intention, the right intention to it, then you can elevate not only that prayer, but you can elevate your previous prayers as well. So that is it for today. So just to sum up, so once again, this idea of being a hypocrite and why it's not, it should not deter us because we're not perfect and God understands that. And not only that, there's a mechanism in play whereby we can actually redeem our past intentions. So even if we don't necessarily have the best of intentions while we are engaging in in our service of God at this moment, we should still go ahead and serve God because even if we have the worst of intentions, God forbid, we can actually go back and do tshuva and then that tshuva will redeem those worst intentions from the klipas, which they are trapped in. And if we have more neutral intentions, like we're just kind of like going through the motions and we're not really paying attention so much to what we're doing, that's actually even not so difficult to redeem because all we need to do is just cultivate that intentionality for the next time. And that will automatically elevate our previous service as well. So that's it. And tomorrow we're going to move on to chapter 40. Wow, we've already made it to chapter 40, and I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. 
To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.